This morning we are opening our Bible to the book of John again, John 15. Uh, and we are going to be talking a bit about fruit. I just want to recap a few things that have happened so far in John. So we have had most of the gospel shared to us throughout the book of John. We've had Jesus talk about the different, um, oh, there's lights, highlights. Um, sorry, shocked me. So we've had the gospel shared in the book of John. We have heard about Jesus and how he was coming. He's talked about, I'm going to have to leave you. We know that he's going to leave and he's going to die on the cross and then he's going to raise again. And that's where Christianity starts, right? So Christianity starts as the belief in what Christ did and the need for it. That is the basis of our faith. The next thing that comes after when you believe, you profess with your mouth and you believe in who God, uh, who God is, the next step is what? Is what we got to celebrate last week. Right after the service, we got to baptize two of our young guys. Ron is here. Ron, wave. Hi, Colby's over here. Hi, Colby. Give him a big round of applause if you weren't there. It was just a great time to be down at the river and get to watch them proclaim their faith publicly in the presence of their church family. We're going to have more through the summer, so if baptism's on your heart, please come and talk to one of us. But so we believe in Christ and we become a Christ follower. The next step is we, we publicly declare that. That's water baptism. We celebrated that last week. There's a third part to the Christian faith uh, that, is, that is deeply important, and that is um, the Holy Spirit. Pastor Kristen talked about it last week. She talked a bit about the Holy Spirit and how Jesus was talking about, I'm leaving you this helper. He's going to give you peace and joy and comfort. He's going to be your advocate. The Holy Spirit. We actually see the receiving of the Holy Spirit in Scripture being a, uh, not always, but often a separate occurrence than the belief in Christ. We see Paul actually going and he goes into these churches and into these people that are now Christ followers. And he says, well, have you received the Holy Spirit? And a lot of them say, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. He says, okay, well, let us lay hands on you and pray for what Scripture calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That just means the infilling, the filling up of the Holy Spirit. So Pastor Kristen talked about last week the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We see in Scripture that in your, in your Christian faith, there's a need for that asking for the Holy Spirit, saying, come and give me your presence, my connection to the Lord. And this morning, we're going to talk a bit about what does the Holy Spirit do in your life? It's really important because when you read the passage we're talking about this morning, you may not understand that really what Jesus is talking about is he's talking about connection to him and God through the Holy Spirit. We see it alluded to, but unless we connect it to the chapter that just came before, we may not realize that the only way we can do what he's talking about here is by actually asking and receiving the Holy Spirit so that he can do the work in our life. So open your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. Let's talk a little bit about something that I'm really not good at, and that is gardening. I try really hard, but I'm really not good. I've learned how to grow very few things in my garden, and every year I think I'm going to add something new, and it never works. So I've learned to stick to the basics. I can grow peas and beans and lettuce, and that's about the extent of my gardening abilities. Uh, flowers only grow because, I don't know, they were planted there a long time ago, and they just keep on coming back. 
It's not because of me, I promise. So let's open the Bible to John chapter 15. I'm going to read verse 1 down to 17. Are you ready? I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them Throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as my Father, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Anyone here could use a little more joy in their life? You're right. Speaking from Gwen who's dancing all the time, you're right. You can never have enough. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Basically, he's saying, hey, you want my joy? You want what Kristen was talking about last week? You want these fruit things? You need to remain in me. I'm telling you how to do it. Verse 12, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit. And that your fruit should remain. So that whatever you ask that Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. It's a beautiful, practical passage of scripture. Probably the top question that you get asked as a pastor is, what is God saying about my life? What is my purpose? What is his plan for me? James and I have had this conversation many times that it's a really hard question to answer because I think we sometimes make it more complicated than it needs to be. We're waiting for God to tell us whether or not we should take this job or that job or whether or not we should buy this house or that house or whether or not I should turn left here or right here or whether or not, right? People take it to the extreme and you've probably heard us share it before that sometimes God says, I just don't care. Just do what I've asked you to do. Produce some fruit. And then people get so worried that they're going to miss God's voice and his plan. But here, I'm going to give you a secret. Guess what? If you are connected to the vine, God will make it clear. 
If there is a clear decision that needs to be made, I promise you, he'll make it clear. I'm speaking from experience. He has slammed doors shut sometimes when they needed to be shut. And he has miraculously opened doors when they needed to be opened. The key is not running to God when you have big decisions you need to make in your life. The key is being connected to the vine all the time. Because when you're connected all the time, it becomes quite peaceful. Because God opens and closes doors when he wants to open and close them. And you become very aware when he's doing it. God's purpose for your life, it says it in this passage, is to do what? Produce? Oh, come on, guys. God's passage in here, what does he say? God's plan for your life is to do what? Produce? Fruit. That is God's plan. Your pastor has told you. God's plan and purpose for your life is to go and produce fruit. Don't get me wrong. There are big decisions that we need to pray about, that we need to ask God about. I am not saying that those aren't there, and we do that, and we bring them to the Lord. But if God doesn't seem to be clear, then chances are he's saying, guess what? You have a choice. Just produce fruit in the midst of it. Now, what is the fruit? What is the fruit that we're supposed to produce? It actually says it right here in uh, verses uh, 10. You ready? If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. To stay connected to the vine says keep my commands. And then it continues on. What is his commands? It's this. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. And then he tells you what, is, what kind of love. Like, you know, I love chocolate cake. But then I decide that chocolate cake isn't really very good for me and my clothes don't fit much. So then I decide I don't really like chocolate cake anymore. It's not that kind of love. It's this kind of love. It says this, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Loving in a way that I sacrifice who I am for others. He says it. He says, how do I produce fruit? I produce fruit by staying connected to the vine. How do I stay connected to the vine? By following his commands, which is to love one another. Go out and love. Here's the thing that we don't understand sometimes when we read this passage, is that the glue, that piece that connects us to the vine, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what stays, what comes in and connects us to the vine. We actually have no ability on our own to do God's commands without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're kind of selfish. Right? We don't like uncomfortable things. We don't like to be hurt. We don't like to be upset. And so we're naturally going to go to places that we're not going to feel those things. And guess what? Loving people kind of hurts sometimes. Laying down your life for your friends doesn't feel comfortable all the time. And so there needs to be a piece where the Holy Spirit comes in and connects us supernaturally to the vine. I've got two sets of grapes up here. We're going to talk about different types of Christians that we see. I've got two sets of grapes up here. They look good. And if you're up close, you probably can't see it. Uh, the red ones look much better than the green ones. The green ones kind of are a bit discolored. 
I sent James out to get grapes because I forgot mine in a fridge, and I guess this is the best quality he got. Thanks, babe. It actually works well for my uh, example. <laughs> they're uh, a bit discolored. They're a little, like, misshapen. They're not all the same size. They're not really all that perfect. And then we've got these Redmonds up here, and they look really good. Like, they actually look really, really good. They're all the perfect shape. Apparently, there's water on them because I washed them before I brought them up here. They're all the perfect shape. They're all the perfect color. They're perfectly placed. You may have guessed by now, but they're fake. There is this trend. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Anyone else with me? 80s and 90s kids? Okay. There is this trend, you probably know where I'm going with this. There was two big things in the 80s and 90s. One of them was fake ducks all over the place. You know those porcelain ducks? Yeah? Anyone else had porcelain ducks all over their house while they were growing up? Was that just me? Okay. Um, the second big trend was this, fake plants. Anyone grew up with fake plants all over the place? They're coming back, you know? Uh, my daughter's like, Paige, she's like, Mom, I want to get some fake plants for my room. I'm like, what? Fake plants? But there was fake plants all over the place, right? I didn't really understand it. I didn't really get the fake plant thing. Because uh, maybe to me, like, aesthetics are pretty low on my, like, list of priorities in my life. And so, like, I didn't understand. I'm like, if somebody doesn't have a purpose, why would you have it, you know? Um, and it looking pretty just wasn't a good purpose to me. So, um, anyway, so fake plants. I did house cleaning for a while as an adult, and my, uh, my disdain for fake plants was reinforced because the lady I cleaned her, one of the ladies I cleaned her house, she uh, had this big giant tree, and it had all these like fake, it was a fake tree, not a real tree. I should probably tell you that. And it had all these leaves on it. And part of my job to clean her house every week was to literally like dust off every leaf on this tree. And all I thought as I was doing this, I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Like, this is a waste of a life. What am I doing? Why? Why would you have something in your house that's not, you know, cleaning your air and not, like, doing anything useful except for just sitting there that takes all this time to clean? I don't understand. Uh, anyways, I don't like fake plants, if you haven't got that. But here's the thing. Often, we profess to be Christians, but we're actually fake plants. Why? Because... It's really easy to look good, right? To have it all together. It's easier because we can rely on our own strength, right? We like our plans and our programs and our procedures. We like a well-oiled machine. Nothing goes wrong. Everything is scheduled down to the second. Don't get me wrong. If you know me, I like my plans and my procedures. I like my, my organization. But we become so focused on pursuing our own goals, our own dreams. We pursue all the things that the world says that we need. That we become like a fake plant. We just want to make sure everything looks good. You know what happens when you're a fake plant, though? You're like, don't get too close because you'll notice I'm not real. Everyone's kind of at a distance. You know what else happens when you're a fake plant? 
people come along, more mature believers come along, they do what they're supposed to do. You know what they're supposed to do? They're supposed to correct you. They're supposed to love on you. They're supposed to bring accountability and all of these things. You know what that is to a plant? That's the water and the nutrients and the sunlight to help it grow. So people come in, more mature believers in you come in and they try to give you water and nutrients and substance and sunlight. And you know what all those things do to a fake plant? They make it smelly and discolored and moldy. So then you know what you do? You run away from all of those people and you run somewhere else so that you can just continue to be a fake plant. But when we're fake plants, we actually don't do what the purpose is. What is the purpose of fruit? The purpose of fruit is not to look good. The purpose of fruit is to give nourishment. We are to create fruit not so that we look really good and really full. That is not the purpose of fruit. The purpose of fruit is to give nourishment. Right? It's to eat. It's to give you sustenance. For life. What is your job? What is your purpose? Your purpose is to produce fruit so that you can give that fruit away. So that people grow. So that people are nourished. So they're replenished. So they have strength to continue on. That is the purpose of fruit. It's not about you. No one really likes a fake plant. You know what they like less? They like putting the work in to get a real plant. But they really don't like fake plants. Don't actually tell me you like fake plants. If you could have a real plant that would look that good and take no work, you would take a real plant over a fake plant every day. Right? Thank you. See, I just made you all converts, converters into fa hating fake plants with me. I appreciate that. Here's the thing, here's the thing, is that we don't want the work to actually produce real fruit, but we think it's a lot harder than it actually is, because it's not your job to produce the fruit, it's just your job to be attached to the vine. And when you're attached to the vine, the fruit is a byproduct. Here's the next type of Christians we have. We have the Christians that we become, we come, we know who Jesus is. Let me talk, let's start that again. We realize who Jesus is. We confess with our mouths and we convert to Christianity. We're like, yes, I am a Christ follower. We connect to the vine through the Holy Spirit. We say, God, we need you. We're on our knees and we're praying and we're doing the things that connect us into the vine. What are those things that connect us into the vine? There's a few things that are a really good sign you're connecting into the vine. One is, where's your prayer life at? Are you talking to the Lord consistently? The second thing is, are you reading the word? You know what the word says? It says that even if you don't understand it, the Holy Spirit hides it in your heart and pulls it out when you need it. Reading the Bible is a good discipline, not because it's going to do anything in the moment. Sometimes it does nothing. But that gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to plant it in your heart and then pulls it out when you need it. Where's your prayer life at? How much are you reading your word? How much are you connected to a smaller group of believers? 
whether or not that's in a Bible study group or a community group or a prayer group, or you, are you connected to small group of believers where they now are watering you, where they're giving you nourishment and you're giving them nourishment and this give and take is happening where you're growing? Are you connecting to the greater gathering, which for us is a Sunday morning, the celebration, the corporate worship, the corporate praising of the Lord? That's important and it's in Scripture. All four of these things that we see in Scripture are important for our spiritual well-being. That's how we stay connected to the vine. No, let me rephrase that. The Holy Spirit connects us to the vine. Those are signs that we're staying connected to the vine. Those are the signs that you'll see in your life if you're staying connected. So we do all of that, right? We come to know the Lord. We do all of these things and we stay connected to the vine. And then we notice that, oh my goodness, I'm producing fruit. There's fruit that now I can give away. We have real fruit and not fake fruit that we can give away. So you know what we do? We realize that the Lord wants me to do something with this fruit. So I'm going to go start doing things with this fruit. And then we start giving the fruit away. Catch. Whoa. That was a bad catch. Okay, ready? Catch. Going to try it in your mouth? Okay, let's try. You ready? Okay. Catch this on camera if he catches it, guys. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. I'm impressed. Um. Yeah, you know, we start giving the fruit away. You guys are bad catchers. <laughs> okay, you ready? Dan, it's coming to you. Okay, catch. Oh, that was a bad throw. That was my fault. That one was me. That was all me. Um, you know what happens? We start giving our fruit away. And we get so busy giving our fruit away that we're like, you know what? I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm giving my fruit away. Here it comes. That went to nobody. It's fine. <laughs> You know what this illustration is showing me is that my throwing ability is very low. <laughs> I was never made for baseball, guys. I was never made for baseball. It's because I am a girl. Cord, here. You ready, Cord? Catch it. Oh, that was pretty close to you. Okay. Um, anyways, we start giving fruit away. And you know what that does? We think we're doing the Lord's work. And then all of a sudden we become so busy that we start pulling away from the vine because we're like, I've got fruit which is what I need, and now my life has become busy, and I am distracted with all good things. Don't get me wrong. All the good things, right? And so when I start giving fruit away, it's coming back to you somewhere. Oh, Gwen, that was close. But you know what? You guys probably can't see it because this is a lot of grapes on this one little vine but here. But we start to end up emptying out the fruit that we've got. Right? So then instead of just keeping the fruit and just handing it out to whatever. Don't, well, I don't care if it hits a bench. I don't care if it hits a floor because i got lots of fruit. It doesn't matter. But you know what happens is you start throwing fruit and you start getting less fruit to throw because all of a sudden you're not connected to the vine anymore. And what happens when you're not connected to the vine? You're not producing more fruit, right? So you've got limited amount of fruit. So now I start watching to see what people are doing with the fruit. Are you ready? It's coming to you. It's a blind. It's fine. See? I start throwing the fruit, and I'm like, what do you mean? You just threw my fruit on the ground. Like, that was my hard-earned fruit. I did a lot of work for that fruit. And now you think you can just let it go on the ground? 
You know what else people do with your fruit? Maybe they throw your fruit back at you. You throw it to them. They're like, ah, I don't really want to hear that. That's not really what I need today. And they throw it back at you, and now you're offended. Because you know what? I have limited amount of fruit. And you're taking my fruit that I have worked hard for, and you're giving it back to me? So now you become quite stingy with who you're giving your fruit to. Because clearly, that is a pearl before a swine. Anyone ha- heard anyone say that? You know? It's not really what the verse meant. We start caring what they are doing with the fruit that we're giving them. That's not our job, but we think it is because all of a sudden now we're getting less fruit. And then someone takes your fruit and they throw your fruit in the garbage and now you're even more offended and you're more hurt. Maybe they squish your fruit. Now it's just a sticky, ucky mess. And then you know what happens to those Christians? All of a sudden, all their fruit is gone. What are you left when you've got a branch that has no fruit? It's a stick. You know what happens when someone comes to get nourishment from a stick? They just get poked. So now you're professing to be a Christian that's supposed to have fruit. That fruit is things that you're giving away for people's nourishment. And now all of a sudden, people are coming thinking they're going to get nourishment from you. And you know what they get? They get poked. They get the bear. Why? Because you have no fruit left to give. I grew up in a house with two other siblings. My brother is quite the tease. You give him a stick and I promise you, you will be poked all day long with it. Still to this day, actually. And he is over 40. Sticks for kids are fine. They can have fun with them. But as adults, people don't expect to get poked by another adult, do they? They're expecting something different. But here's the thing. The issue isn't that you don't have fruit to give. The issue is you disconnected from the vine. You can't produce fruit on your own. You just can't do it. So to think you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, we see it in Scripture, right? All of the things that the Holy Spirit does in us, joy, peace, patience, comfort, kindness, self-control, gentleness. I know I'm missing some. That's okay. If Talia was up here, she'd sing you the little song. You know, you're like, why aren't these things in my life? Why aren't they producing in me? I'm supposed to have them, and I'm trying to have them, and I'm trying to be kind, and I'm trying to be peaceful, and I'm trying to have joy, and I'm trying to have self-control, but why am I struggling so much? And you know what? The issue is you're not connected to the only one that can produce that in your life. And then you know what happens? You disconnect even more. Sometimes you run away from a ministry God has put on your heart, Sometimes you run away from your church family. Sometimes you run away. You change jobs. You change locations because you think that's going to solve the problem. That's going to fix everything. And then you run back to the Lord. So you change all these things, but then you also run back to the Lord. And now all of a sudden you're connected to the Lord again and fruit starts to produce. And you say, see, I just need to change everything. No, you just ran back to the Lord. You could have done that where you were at. You run back to the Lord and you reconnect. 
And the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to produce fruit again. And that fruit starts to, starts to ripen and now all of a sudden you start giving it away again and then you disconnect again because you think, I'm good. Look, I've got all this fruit. I'm doing great. I need the body of believers less. I need those that are speaking life into me less. I need corporate worship less. I need prayer less. I need to read my Bible less because, look, I've got lots of fruit. We're doing well. And then the whole cycle begins again. I see it way too often. I've done it way too often. This cycle of connection to the vine, removal from the vine, connection to the vine, removal from the vine. How thankful I am that God is so gracious that his Holy Spirit comes back every time. Amen? Let's just take a minute and be reminded how gracious, how humbly it is that the Lord's Holy Spirit comes back every single time. That's not a reason to continue the cycle. See, fruit has a purpose. Fruit is to nourish those around you. You are called as a Christian to produce fruit. That is your calling. That is your purpose in life. And if you're not doing that, the rest of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much status you have. It doesn't matter how many people you have showing up to your event. It doesn't matter whether or not you have, uh, you know, gone on 10 bazillion missions trips in a year. You've done all these things for the Lord and you fed all the children. That doesn't actually matter because God's saying that's not what I'm asking of you. What I'm asking of you first and foremost is to produce fruit and give that fruit away. If you're not doing that, then you're missing the purpose. You're missing the purpose. The third type of Christians, we've got the ones that are just fake plants. We probably all can think of seasons in our life where we've been all of these, right? If we're honest. Well, the fake plants, we've got the ones that detach from the vine, and then we've got the ones that, as you probably guessed it, that stay connected to the vine. They stay connected to the Holy Spirit, and they say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? They make priorities in their life for God. My prayer life is good, and I'm staying connected the word is in me and I'm opening it, whether or not I understand it or not. Again, secondary. God does this miraculous thing where he just plants it in your heart. It's important to read it. Staying connected to other believers because I recognize that I need them to pour into me. I need their nourishment to help me grow. Staying connected to a corporate time together where I get to celebrate and hear what God is doing Staying connected to all of those things. But there's an interesting thing we also need to realize about vines and fruit-bearing plants. Fruit-bearing plants have seasons of dormancy. 
I think sometimes we struggle as Christians because we're like, wait, I am connected, but I don't really see a lot of fruit in my life, and I don't know why I don't see a lot of fruit in my life, but I know I've done the checklist. I know I'm connected to the Holy Spirit. I'm connected to the Lord, and, and I'm not sure why I'm not seeing anything because God wants us to rely on him, and he actually created in Scripture a season Right? We see it. There's six days of work and there's one day of rest. These seasons, these cycles, plants are the same. Right? There are seasons where they're fruitful and there are seasons where they're dormant. Dormancy doesn't mean there isn't life. It means that sometimes God has you in a season of rest or he has you in a season of pruning or he has you in a season where you're being replenished. That's not bad. But if you're noticing you're staying there and it's been months or it's been years, then my guess is it's not a season of dormancy. It's a season of disconnection. But there are seasons in Christians' life, just like there's seasons in plants' lives. There's seasons where a plant goes dormant. What depend, or there's a few things that depend on those seasons of dormancies. Climate is a big one. Location, where a plant is planted. Those things affect where God has you may affect those seasons. And so those seasons may change depending on where God has you planted for different places or different times in your life. There's going to be seasons where you need more rest. There's going to be seasons where it seems like you're just producing fruit all the time. There's going to be seasons where there's major hurt and you need to have rest and you need other people's nourishment to replenish the plant. A storm has come that's done damage to the plant and the plant needs to be rebuilt. That's a normal season and that is okay. But we have to be aware of what season we are in. What the Lord is doing Don't fool yourself into thinking you're in a season of rest and dormancy when you're not. But also, don't try and continue to do and give away fruit that you're noticing isn't there because maybe God's saying you need to rest. Because you'll turn into a stick. The last thing that talks about it in this passage that plants need, they need pruning. I was young and my dad was pruning one of our trees. I don't remember where we were. We moved a lot. So we were in one of our houses and he was pruning some tree. I was asking what he was doing and he was explaining. He's saying, you see these branches, I, we call them suckers. Anyone ever heard that term, suckers? Suckers pull all of the nutrients, all of the water, all of the resources that a plant needs to produce fruit. But they don't produce fruit. There are these branches that come off and they pull all of the nutrients and all of the water and all of the things that a plant needs to grow and produce fruit, but they don't actually produce fruit. They never will. So you know what happens if you don't cut the suckers off a plant? They pull all the nutrients and all the water and all the things a plant needs and the rest of the tree can't produce fruit or produces really poor fruit, small, discolored, bruised damaged fruit because there's something on the plant 
that is pulling all of the things away. As Christians, we need to be aware of the suckers in our life. Because sometimes we're like, I'm connected to the vine, and I know the Holy Spirit is present. And again, what did I say before? The Holy Spirit is so gracious to come back in and connect us to the vine. And so I don't think that he just forces us to disconnect because we have some suckers in our life. I think he stays, he lets us stay connected, and he, he gives us nutrients through that connection. But we won't be producing fruit. And we'll be wondering, why? Why am I not producing fruit? And it's because you haven't dealt with the suckers in your life. Now, the easy thing to think of what a sucker is, is, is a sucker is sin. And it's, it's true. Suckers in our lives can be sin. Why? Because they cause us to be secret. They cause us separation from the Lord. They cause us to feel guilty. All these things. So yes, suckers can be sin. But it's not just sin. Suckers can be distractions. You know the things that really don't matter? You know what I had to realize a long time ago? Much to my family's dismay is that God doesn't care if my house is clean all the time. He actually doesn't. He cares more that I have a seat around my table. So there's probably going to be dog hair on my floor most of the time because I have three dogs. No, I don't. I have two dogs now. Oh, sad. Sorry, sad moment. Our puppy died about a month ago. Um, Not the puppy puppy, the bigger one. Side note. But God cares. He cares more about certain things than other things. And sometimes suckers in our life are actually just our priorities are all messed up. We actually are putting priorities on things that God doesn't care about. He's saying that's a distraction in your world. You're spending a lot of time on something that I don't care about. And so if you have extra time to do it, great. But don't complain to me that you don't have fruit. That you're not having my purpose. You're not feeling my joy. When you're filling your life with things that I don't care about. I'm still here and I will produce, but you have a lot of things in your life that are taking all of the nutrients and all of the water and all the stuff that I'm trying to use to produce things in your life. And I say this, I'm going to call the worship team up, I say this really cautiously, that sometimes suckers are relationships. But it's not often the full relationship, it's often the boundaries around you, the relationship. Because again, what did God call us to do? He calls us to love people. He calls us to love them and lay down your life for them. It's an important thing to realize. There are different different things that we have to deal with, but... If we get back to the beginning, we're called to produce fruit. That's what we're called to do. And fruit isn't for you. Fruit is for those to give other people nourishment. That's what we're called to do. It's God calling. You can answer. Just kidding. It's okay. I don't think God actually calls on the phone. It'd be pretty cool if he did, though, you know? Like, hello, Uh, I would like to interrupt your service right now because I have something to tell you. Great. I'd be like, take the stage. Um, I don't know where you're at. 
What I know is that the deepest need inside of us is to feel like we have purpose. I hear it all the time. Everyone wants to feel like they have purpose. Your purpose is to produce fruit and give that fruit away. So let's deal with, why, why don't you have the fruit? Or what are you struggling with with having fruit and giving it away? What's going on there? And that's what we want to deal with this morning. We're actually going to spend some time in prayer over you. We haven't done this in a while, so I'm just going to ask the team, whoever's here. We're going to go over in the corner. If you want prayer, you can come up. If you want to deal with it with the Lord on your own, that's totally fine. Here is what we want to work through. Number one, like I said at the beginning, the connection to the vine is this moment where you're saying, hey, Holy Spirit, come in. I am open and I'm ready. I want you in my life. We are going to spend some time that if you haven't had that moment, you know you're a Christ follower, you know you're following the Lord, that you believe and you've converted, you're saying, I want to follow Christ, but I actually don't know if I've ever had this moment that Scripture talks about where the Holy Spirit comes in. So we just want to spend some time and we're saying, okay, we're just going to pray and allow the Lord to do that. That is you, we want to pray with you. The second people we would love to just spend some time praying with you is if you fall into one of the other three categories. Maybe, maybe you're feeling like, you know what, I'm a bit of a fake plant. I'm pretending here. And God, I want to repent from that. And I want to have real life. No matter how messy that might be, I want to have real life. Maybe you've been disconnected. You say, Lord, I want to reconnect. I want to deal with the hurt. I want to deal with the pain. Whatever caused me to disconnect in the first place. I want to reconnect because I want fruit. I want purpose. I want to be doing what you're asking me to do. Maybe the third is, is that God has you in a season where you are reconnected. But you're like, God, I just, this is a confusing season. I'm not seeing where the fruit is. We just want to pray with you. So get you all to stand. I'm going to pray over all of you. And then if you would like prayer for any one of those things, let's do that because we don't do church for the sake of doing church. Amen? Let me say that again. We don't do church for the sake of doing church to check off a box. Amen? If you are here and that is your purpose, you're in the wrong church. Our expectation from ourselves as leaders and our expectation for you as a church is you are here because you want to meet with a living God. Amen? A God that wants to do transformation in your life. Amen? A God that cares about where you're at and cares about your purpose. Amen? God wants to do something in you, so let's not leave until he does. We see that in scripture, right? We see the widow coming and just pleading and pleading and God's like, fine, I'll give you what you want. God is gracious and he wants to give you something. So don't leave here until you've actually had a moment with him because that's the purpose of why we gather. The purpose of why we gather is to meet with him, to hear from him. So don't leave here unless you have. God, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your church. I thank you for the people that are here, ready, wanting to meet with you, wanting to hear from you. God, I pray that as we give you space, saying, do, Lord, whatever you want to do, that our hearts would be prepared and ready, that there would be an expectation in this room to see you show up. 
God, would you raise the expect, our expectations? Would you raise those up? Would we expect to see more? God, would we be ready to see more? Would we be ready to connect more? God, I pray that as we pray over people for your Holy Spirit to come in, that, that they would feel and see your presence in their lives. God, as we pray for people to be reconnected, that there would be supernatural healing, supernatural forgiveness happening here this morning, and that there would be reconnection and fruit start to grow. God, we want to be a church that's producing fruit. We want to be a church that freely gives that fruit away not caring what people do with it because that's up to you. God, may we be a people that is so gracious to be generous with what you're doing in our lives. May we reconnect. May we be refreshed this morning by your presence. In your name, amen.